Welcome to the Travel Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, September 27th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone, and happy World Tourism Day. What a day. We've got a great show for you today because joining me on the show right now is the one and only Jen Lee. Welcome to the show, Jen. How you doing? I'm doing great, Eric, and it is fun to be together on World Tourism Day. I love it. Exactly. Yes. So uh, Jen and I are going to talk some exciting stuff. She is the VP Industry Engagement and Support for Travel Planners International. And so for those who may not know you, Jen, will you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work in the travel industry? Sure. Yeah. So Travel Planners International, for those that are um, listening that aren't familiar with us, we are what they call a host agency in the industry, which basically is a fancy word for a sales, marketing and back office support agency for individual travel agencies and advisors across the nation. And my role is um, the most perfect role for me. I get to go around and talk to consumers and advisors uh, and helping educate and elevate the industry. Um, and then, of course, that benefits TV. PI as well. So yeah, um, it's it's a fun time to be part of it. I love working with entrepreneurs. And so this is this is 100% my jam. Love it. Yeah. So uh, Jen and I are going to discuss how we're at the start of a great new era here in the travel industry. Lots to discuss, lots of news too. But you know, first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, we're going to dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin first with hurricane season is still impacting travel. Last week, we had Hurricane Fiona impacting islands in the Caribbean. Now we are having Hurricane Ian. It's headed towards Florida and expected to hit Tampa on Thursday morning. You've got cruise lines, most of the major ones, adjusting routes around there, airlines issuing waivers. Disney's even sent out a release there, bracing for the storm and monitoring it as well. So, Jen, we're we're in the unfortunate time of the year of, of storm season, and it's yet another mm-hmm. reminder on the importance of working with a travel advisor and the importance of travel insurance, right? Absolutely. You can't control Mother Nature, but you certainly can prepare uh, by, you know, partnering with somebody who actually knows what the heck is going on and what to do about it. I'm right here in Central Florida in Lake County, uh, just a little north of Tampa. And um, I've already talked to three people who've just moved to Florida and aren't even sure what to do with their own homes. So you can only imagine what it must feel like when someone's getting ready to jump on a cruise ship. Like, will the cruise go? Will it not grow? Will they Will they go to the island where there's a hurricane? Uh, the answer is no. They won't put you in, the, storm, in yeah. the path of a storm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that your vacation is ruined. So every airline, every hotel, every resort, every cruise, every single one of them is going to have a different uh, hurricane preparedness policy as well as uh, changing. And our advisors are the ones that stay on top of all of that. They've got access to information before the consumer does in most cases. Yeah, it's certainly needed this time of year. And it's it's unfortunate the, the devastation that these storms do happen. But I mean, if you're planning to travel in September, which a lot of people do, some people don't like the heat of the summer. There's better mm-hmm. deals usually this time of year. But, you know, if you're going to that area where there are hurricanes, you need to know about it. And, and I think advisors out there do a great job of, you know, letting their clients know ahead of time, especially people are booking so much further in advance these days yeah. too. So you need that additional reminder and the follow-ups like, hey, that this could happen, you know, make sure you're prepared. And a lot of advisors out there too, like make it mandatory for their clients to get travel insurance, which is absolutely needed. A hundred percent. Again, you can't control the uncontrollable. And um, there's uh, an insurance company out there who uh, their, their kind of tagline is, that's fine. You don't want insurance. What's your plan? So what's the plan if the hurricane mm-hmm. hits your house? What's the plan of the hurricane, you know, disrupts your cruise? What's your plan? What happens? Uh, things that are out of your control. Nobody, um, 
you know, actually anticipates trouble. I mean, nobody goes into it going, I can't wait to see the trouble that this is going to cause. You know, so it's kind of like, it doesn't make any sense why people don't uh, invest in travel insurance. You're investing in your time and your money for this um, vacation. You might as well say, you know, and again, working with an advisor is the best thing. A lot of times they have follow-up plans in case something does happen. So yeah, reroute your entire vacation too. Totally. Yeah. And speaking of money, we're going to jump over to the air travel news as the Department of Transportation proposed a new rule yesterday requiring sellers of airline tickets to disclose extra fees up front. Airlines, third-party sellers, and meta-search sites will have to clearly disclose baggage fees, change fees, cancellation fees, and family seating fees to consumers whenever fare and schedule information is provided for flights to, within, and from the U.S., The U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said, quote, airline passengers deserve to know the full true cost of their flights before they buy a ticket. This new proposed rule would require airlines to be transparent with customers about the fees they charge, which will help travelers make informed decisions and save money, end quote. Then this morning came out, you know, I thought that was interesting proposal and Biden, you know, addressed it later in the afternoon on on Monday. But then Tuesday morning, we had a release from the American Society of Travel Advisors, ASTA, and their executive vice president of advocacy, even even Peck, said, quote, ASTA has serious concerns about the effect, the requirement to disclose multiple fees in each and every offline transaction, even to repeat customers and frequent flyers, and the impact that this will have on agency operations. It is in its last proposed rulemaking on this topic in 2017. It mandated these disclosures only upon the customer's request, and it should do so again here. So ASTA saying that this is be a burden for travel advisors. This is big news, you know, for air, if this rule happens and everything. I like the idea of it. Uh, obviously, that, you know, asked a comment there is, is, is important, too. So, Jen, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I know that ASTA's advocacy is all about uh, the promotion and protection of the travel advisor community, and there's so many layers to it. So, you know, on the surface, heck yeah, I want it to be transparent, but that's really looking online, right? So from an advisor standpoint, I want to be able to, you know, be equal or quoting the equal thing with the baggage fees and service fees and all that included. However, what Eben is brought up and ASTA has done is they've read into this rule and it would require, it sounds like based on this comment, it would require advisors to verbally ensure that every uh, or even in the written format, ensure that every consumer understood the full uh, breadth of it. That will slow down the process. That will make it almost impossible. Uh, Back in 2017, they wanted every advisor to verbally talk about the hazardous materials, batteries on board, all of that stuff that you naturally click yes to and acknowledge when you check in. Uh, They wanted them to verbally actually you be responsible for that and have an advisor be responsible if a client shows up at the airport and, and says, wait, nobody told me that they may or may not have sprayed for mosquitoes on this plane. Um, and that's just an unfair uh, situation. So, you know, kudos to ASA always digging in deeper, not taking things on the surface and ensuring that it makes sense. And um, that's why every travel advisor best be part of ASTA because they are the ones protecting us for sure. Absolutely. They're going to have the advisor back through and through. And I I do love that. And yeah, that in his statement, he he put in parentheses over the phone and face to face uh, as far Mm -hmm. as that offline transaction is considered on that. So that's important information. And hopefully that, you know, they they do. Uh, switch that up and they they do what they uh, disclose in 2017 because that would be a lot 
for advisors to have to deal with. But yeah, being transparent, love it. Get, get it done, Pete. Let's see it happen. You know, let's make that happen. Right. Well, yeah. look, you know, searching stuff online is very misleading in many, many cases. So I know a lot of these rules have started to come about because it has become, you know, especially with like resort fees back in the day, they didn't include it in the pricing. And so you'd show up and sometimes these resort fees are 30 and $40 a day. And the consumer doesn't know that. Hence, another reason why to use a travel advisor. They do know that and they quote it appropriately. Absolutely. Always advocating here for the use of a travel advisor. So moving over to moving over to other air travel news, a quick little roundup here, Jen, and I'll get your thoughts on this all. It's uh, the U.S. Transportation Department. Also, they also said the airline cancellations are down and complaints are up. Cancellations (laughs) fell nearly two percent in July, but complaints are up nearly 17 percent. Customer satisfaction at North American airports dropped this year as well, according to the latest J.D. Power North American Airport Satisfaction Study, which said that there was a decrease of 25 points. And holiday travel airfares are expected to rise significantly, according to travel app Hopper, and estimating that for Thanksgiving, round-trip domestic airfares will average out at a price of $350, a leap of 22% compared to the pre-pandemic year of 2019 and the same time period for the holiday. Hopper is also predicting for international that the price would be $795 for a round trip flight, the average, and that's up 25% from 2019. And in a testament to inflation that we're in, the price mm-hmm. is up 41% over the holiday period from 2021. And it's all worse for Christmas as the increase in average is, is uh, comp- 30% higher uh, compared to 2019. So Jen, of all this with the holiday tra- travel airfare, the complaints are up, the satisfaction is dropping. I'm not surprised by any of this at all in this news roundup. What are your thoughts? I just love your positive outlook to our, our holiday travel, Eric. Thank you so very much. <laughs> the thing, uh, it doesn't surprise me in the least, least bit. You know, a lot of the challenges at the airports from a satisfaction standpoint are, are directly associated with staffing levels. Um, you've reported on this over and over again. The staffing levels are, it's imp- almost impossible to find people uh, to work these days. I'm still not sure where everyone's gone, but um, there's that. So that's part of that. But also, you know, inflation, gas prices, of course, it's going to affect air travel. Again, another plug for working with travel advisors is a travel advisor many times has access to chartered seats through um, a variety of different tour operators where the pricing of the flight is in combination or um, discounted if you were to do line item by line item because it's in conjunction with the resort or the hotel, uh, stuff like that. So using a travel advisor is your absolute best bet. You know, consumers that think that um, because we haven't traveled for a few years that things are going to be cheaper. I'm just not sure what math they're using. So uh, it is it is not going to be cheaper. It is going to be more expensive. And your best bet is to use an advisor that has um, special rates um, at their disposal. Yeah, my parents just had success with that on their trip to Alaska and all that. So that's the way to go, especially, you know, finding ways to save money any way you can these days is key. And an advisor is absolutely going to help with that. And you know, there's nothing we really, really can do at the moment about the holiday travel airfare, but let's hope and pray that uh, positive vibes all around for the staffing <laughs> issues at the holiday time because we cannot <laughs> afford to have another crazy summer turn into a crazy winter holiday time. So we, we've said it for years: just be prepared and flexible. You know? Absolutely, you yeah. Flexibility is key. So moving over to destination news, quite a uh, roundup of great news here as places are lifting COVID travel restrictions even more, and I love it. We'll start with Canada. They are officially lifting all COVID travel restrictions on October 1st. Japan is also lifting its strict border restrictions for international travelers starting October 11th. Thailand will drop the last of its remaining pandemic-related travel rules on October 1st. Hong Kong removed its mandatory hotel quarantine and will operate on a test-and-go upon arrival for 
vaccinated travelers only. And last week, Barbados dropped all COVID protocols too. So a lot there. Jen, which destination news excites you the most though? All of it. Uh, (laughs) Mostly because, uh, you know, as we start seeing more and more uh, countries dropping their COVID protocols, the uh, anxiety levels and the questions go away for travelers looking to get out there. But of course, obviously, Japan and Canada, huge, uh, because a lot of cruises require, uh, especially with Canada, require you to do something special. And it's it's just a pain in the patootie uh, to try to figure out what you can and cannot do per country. So they're all exciting to me, Eric. (laughs) I love that. Yes. But for me, I'm going to, I'm going to single out one and I'm going to go with Japan. You did mention that, but they, I just feel bad. You know, they had, they had the Olympics that were, you know, long anticipated. It was going to be so exciting for them. And then COVID happens and then it gets delayed. And then, you know, then they don't have fans still. And there was, there was so much about Japan's tourism that was going to blossom, I think during that time period. And they just haven't yet. And they took a lot longer to come back before everyone. So, you know, which is, that's their own decision. And that's how they, they've fared a little different than what Thailand has done where they like kind of staggered it a bit. And now, you know, all, all of Thailand's rules will be gone October 1st. So, Japan, you know, October 11th, and we'll get rolling with it. So I'm, I'm excited for that, too. And I, I do, I mean, I'm excited for Canada as well, just because of the, what you mentioned with the cruise lines aspect of it, too. So absolutely great news absolutely. all around there. We, we certainly love the big destination updates on that. And we are inching closer and closer uh, to a fully reopened world. But <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Let so. us travel, please. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel. Some news that we didn't get to, as always, head over to travelpulse.com to check out that news. Any additional thoughts about the stuff we did talk about, you can drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. So now we're going to jump into the theme of this week's show around the new era in the travel industry that we're emerging from here, Jen, on this World Tourism Day. The, yeah. uh, I want to discuss how we've, you know, kind of entered a new era here. What, what really stands out to you in the industry as the world rebounds post pandemic and inches closer and closer, like I said, to being fully reopened with no COVID travel restrictions anywhere. The, the, the thought of that is, is, is so nice. You know, we're close, we're close. <laughs> it's as if it was a bad dream. Like, you know, when <laughs> JR was uh, shot on uh, Dallas, right? It was just all a bad dream. Um, you know, I think, you know, that the key question is, you know, as we inch closer and closer, how does it feel? How did we rebound? We really have rebound with a vengeance. I mean, we hear revenge travel all the time. But what I'm also seeing a lot of is just, it's just a proven determination that entrepreneurs, and I'm going to speak about our travel advisors, um, entrepreneurs have to continuing their business, to keep their business in business. And it is a business. So the determination from there, the resiliency of our industry from the cruise lines to the hotel hotels, the resorts, everything. I have no idea how so many were able to make it happen, but I'm thankful that it did. And then from the traveler uh, perspective, we're hearing more and more travel with intention. I think, Eric, what it used to be was people were like, hey, I need to get away. Right. And they're just going to go on a vacation. I just want to get out of my house. Like you hear a lot of staycations. I used to do a staycation here in Orlando at Ritz Carlton because I just wanted to leave my house. Right. I mean, I have a lovely home. Don't get me wrong, but I just wanted to leave. But what I'm hearing now is people are saying, if I'm going to spend four days somewhere, I want it to be four days that are perfectly curated for me so that I am not frustrated in the least bit. I want the least amount of friction in my time off. And so that's where a lot of the reason why travel advisors are really thriving now is because the consumer has finally woken up in many cases to say, you know, relying on a call center rep to book my 
14-day African travel safari may not be the most ideal solution or, or um, choice. Um, price is not the is not the motivator. It cannot be the motivator when it comes to stuff like that. So I'm feeling that that's starting to happen. People are starting to realize if I'm going to take seven days, 10 days, 12 days, even four days, I'm going to do it with intention and I want the least amount of friction possible so I can suck up all that um, juice that I get from um, going on a true vacation or a getaway. Yeah, the value of a travel advisor is is so key. And that's what really is standing out to me as we inch, you know, closer to this fully reopened world is you're seeing more and more people use advisors. You're seeing a younger influx of advisors coming into the industry too. Yes. You know, Jen and I met at the Future Leaders of Travel Retreat and a lot of excitement there and and the youth of the the travel advisor community is building up and we'd love to see that. And I think, you know, as we talk about the value of a travel advisor, I think it's about the right way to book travel moving forward, mm-hmm. whoever you are and however you travel and whatever you do, whether you work in the industry or not. You know, that's what really stands out to me as we enter this new era is like shifting the mindset of a lot of consumer travelers out there, too, that, you know, you really need to work with an advisor. You need to have someone in your corner when you are booking vacations. Well, let's let's keep it real here, Eric. Most consumers, if you ask them, how do you think a travel advisor or a travel agency makes money? Uh, they would just look at you with big dear eyes, right? Like yeah. they have no idea. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. We know how our dentist gets paid, how the lawyer gets paid, but nobody knows. It's like this big mystery out there. And so from an advisor, from an industry standpoint, we have to do a better job of educating the consumer on how an advisor makes money. It's a profession. It is a business. There was a time, and you and I had this conversation, there was a time where you know, when you had the travel agency, the brick and mortar, the store, you know, you envisioned you're walking into a, an establishment. So, you know, they're making some money somehow. You might not know how, but they couldn't afford the rent if they didn't have it open. Then we went through this whole period where people went home, you know, and um, all of a sudden people were coming out with business cards. Hey, I book travel, book your travel on my website. And that's not what a travel advisor does. And now we've got this new generation, and I'm going to say new as of the last 10 years, coming into the fold that realizes I am a profession. I don't need a brick and mortar. But the consumer never learned that along the way. So that's our job on the industry side, as well as the travel advisor side. And consumer that are listening and advisors that are listening right now, um, we have to do a better job of understanding and explaining where the fee comes in, where you charge a concierge fee, a cancellation fee, whatever that is and why. Um, It's not about just making enough money because the partner is paying the advisor a commission uh, because that's just the partner saying thank you for choosing our product and here's a commission for servicing our mutual client. Um, So, you know, I'm excited about that. That's starting to really come up. And with the younger generation coming in, they know it's a profession. They know it is a business. It's not a side hustle necessarily. It is a true business. Yeah, and I think- I'm excited. Me too. I think there are a number of advisors out there too that do this part-time that are realizing this is too much and maybe I need to devote full-time to it or they're they're dipping out and they're leaving with it. I know, and I know some Mm -hmm. people- some of my friends' mothers, they've retired and decided to jump into the travel advisor thing, and they're doing a yeah. little bit of it and doing it more so for the free trip aspect of it. But then I mm-hmm. see on the younger side, people around my age that are doing it, quote, as a side hustle. That's how mm-hmm. they started, and they're finding success in it. They're traveling a lot more, and it's opening up you know, doors for them, and they're realizing that this is what I want to do. I need to mm-hmm. work my way to transition full-time, too. And I think you mentioned fees as well. That's what That's an aspect that's that's got to be you know educated to a lot of consumers out there and how 
the advisor gets paid. Some some of them have fees, some of them don't. I think more and more are starting to charge fees, and we'll have a, yeah. a, an episode later on this month um, in October actually de- devoted more to fees and everything. But it, you're right. I think it's you know it, we've we've got to do that from all sides of the industry, myself included, on the media as well. Right. And, you know, if, you know, if the industry just needs to do a better job of it's not about charging a fee it about it is a profession and there's a professional mm-hmm. fee that's a to- attached to it. I will just real quick about the part timers. We have plenty here at TPI at Travel Planners International. We have plenty of part time advisors that are full time commitment. In other words, they're doing it from a part time because they still have a full time position, but they are full timers committed to their clients. They just might start out small. Not everyone can just quit their job that they've been at for 20 years with full benefits and, and launch a, a travel agency. It's just right. not as easy as that. So just because somebody has is doing it kind of on the side, as long as their mentality is I'm fully committed to my profession and to my clients, then you've got a good one. It's, the, the people that are handing you cards the same book online through my booking engine so I can get credit, that's not somebody advising you. That's, that's yeah. just not. And also consumers, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little bit on a is it okay, Eric, but I get passionate about our advisors. Consumers, you guys that are listening, do not, I repeat, stop walking around calling multiple advisors saying, can you beat this price? These are not people that are trying, they are not, I, I, do you go to Dillard's and your restaurants and your clothing stores and your hairdressers and your CPAs and say, Hey, I got a price for, you know, uh, you know, two chicken leg meal over here. Can you beat it over here? Even though you have better spices, stop it with that. It's just crazy to me. And advisors stop accepting those types of phone calls. Our job is to educate the consumer and consumers. I can promise you this. You're paying the price of a commission, whether you work directly with the partner or you work with a travel advisor, it's already built into the price. You're not getting a deal. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I just have to say that because passionate about our entrepreneurs out there. Oh, I love it. It brings, brings greatness to the podcast here. I get that too. Yeah. And I love the comparison too. My mind just was like, you know, I can get 250 chickens at Chick-fil-A and I can get three at Zaxby's. So what are you going to do for me, Chick-fil-A? I know your fast food drive through is much better, but what are you, that's where my mind went, but exactly. it's almost lunchtime. So I'm hungry. That's exactly, I mean, who does that? Right. And do you Nobody call does multiple that. CPAs and right. say, listen, I'm talking to Frank over here and he and I've just had a nice one hour conversation and now I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to care, but it's going to come down to the price. No, it's coming down to the service. And that's what it's about. It's about the service. It's about being taken care of and curating an experience versus booking travel. Travel advisors are not booking your travel folks. They are curating from soup to nuts your experience and, 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 you know, really protecting your investment of time and money. Absolutely. So it, there was a little bit of data last week that I did want to bring up on the insights from MMGY Travel Intelligence, latest portrait of American international travelers. And it said that the outbound traveler anticipates spending a total of 15,000, uh, over $15,000 on international trips in the coming year, which is a 16% increase compared to the pre-pandemic times. Millennials plan to go on more international trips than boomers over the next year. However, boomers anticipate spending twice as much on each trip with a oh, nearly $8,000 versus just a little over $3,500. So the, but what jumped out to me with this data, too, is the cancellations and delays are the number one worry over inflation, COVID and personal safety. So with that, you know, that's staffing mm-hmm. up is the key issue and looking at but looking at the cost of things. I still think pricing moving forward is going to remain high on the minds of many travelers out there. Your thoughts, Jen? It has to, quite frankly. We're, we're in a different world. Uh, we have to pay our staff more. Uh, food is more expensive. Gas is more expensive. Everything's more expensive. And they have to make up from 
the two and a half years where many of them sat empty. Uh, We have to help these businesses stay in business. I would also say from a travel perspective, kind of going back to that travel with intention, you know, people are looking at their investment in time. They're also looking at that expectation. There's nothing more frustrating. You'd mentioned fear of cancellation more than anything else. There's nothing more frustrating than having that anticipation only three weeks before I go on vacation, two weeks and the, you know, three more sleeps, you know, you, mm-hmm. you count down to getting on the plane to head into Australia or going to Europe or getting on the river cruise and something happens that goes, wah, wah. you know, it is the disappointment of the expectation that has gone away um, that really fear most people fear. And again, working with a travel advisor helps with that because they're the ones that'll say, no, that's not a good time of year to do whatever it is that you're saying you want to do. They're right. following the trends. They already know about it. They're being proactive. They're checking on an alternative solution. If the river is too low, maybe there's an alternative solution or helping set the expectation for you of what it looks like when you're not on the river, so on and so forth. But it's the letdown. The letdown is mm-hmm. real. The letdown is real, and I and I think we have to recognize that people are past um, the inconvenient side. It's more they just don't want to be let down. You right, know, they yeah. just they want a good experience. It's a, that's a tough way to start off a vacation too. That you're anticip- like you, you said, the anticipation of it, the build up, the countdown, only to you know have a delay or have it be canceled last minute, or, or worried about that, or some other situation oh, pop up. But yeah, that, it's yeah. a tough way to start. Nobody wants to start that way, but it. It's unfortunately part of the air travel experience that that happens, whether it's staffing or weather-related or technology issues that we've seen over the last years, too. So, you know, again, like it goes back to working with advisor. They can, before you even book that specific trip, like you said, can steer you in a different direction. Or if something does happen in the moment, they're going to be there for you. But, yeah, with with the staffing, you know, like I said earlier in the show, this is hope that, you know, holiday time, we're going to have a better experience on that. I I think places are staffing up, but how Mm -hmm. significantly, how well trained will people be? And then also, you know, holiday time of year, you got to get people to show up. You know, you could have people on the payroll, but you got to get people to show up in those key holiday moments. So absolutely. Well, and technology is helping with that as well. So a lot of these airports are, and I know there's been some podcasts on that. Technology is helping getting you through the passport process. So you're not missing your um, connecting flight and it messes Mm -hmm. up the rest of your vacation and um, preparing ahead of time and listening to your advisor. Listen to your advisor. If they tell you to fly in two days ahead of time, it's because they know what they're talking about. Um, You know, don't be cheap about it. It doesn't matter. Don't be don't be cheap about it. It's an investment in your time. Why would you nickel and dime yourself? Um, it's funny. There, we right. were going to spend thirty five hundred dollars. Now we're going to spend eight thousand dollars as a boomer. Is that what you said? The average was thirty five hundred. Now it's going to um, be like seven thousand or eight thousand. Yeah, boomers anticipate um, spending twice as much on each trip. So near seven thousand seven hundred versus thirty five hundred for what millennials are likely to spend, according to the. Um, portrait of American yeah. International Traveler's data. So, Well, we've learned our lesson and we're getting old. We're going to die sooner than we think. So it's all good. That's <laughs> good that they're going to spend more. I'm a boomer. So I can say, I can speak to that. <laughs> Drop dollars and have the vacation of a lifetime. What, Absolutely. Yeah, why not? You know, you, Only you never, live once. YOLO, baby. Yeah, YOLO. you can't take it with you. I, you can't take it with you. So, Mm-mm. you know, do what you can now and enjoy the most of it. So, Exactly. Jen, I appreciate it. As we close things out here, though, I want to get your top advice for our fellow travel advisor and supplier listeners out there on just navigating this new era that we're entering in post-pandemic here. 
I, you know, my top advice to the advisor is um, stop being cheap for yourself as well. Um, understand that there is great value in what you provide to an individual and a family and the world. And people are waiting on you and they're relying on you to do your job. Um, I, every time I talk to somebody who has been on a well-curated experience, it's changed their lives and they bring it back with them, which changes their mood and their attitude towards their neighbors and their fellow human being. I'm big kumbaya moment right now. Yeah. Uh, you do not book travel and uh, do not feel like you need to compete against the online travel agencies. Those are not travel advisors. Consumers, get out there and travel. There's just really nothing stopping you at this point. Listen to an advisor. Rely on the advisor's advice. That's why they're called advisors, because they give great advice. And um, don't cheap out on your vacation. Um, just don't do it. Save your pennies. Don't go to Starbucks. You know, Do some other things. Save your pennies and make that world adventure happen for yourself, because it's out there waiting for you. I love that. And to our supplier listeners, your, your advice? Partners, thank you so much for hanging in there and for doing everything you can to keep our industry alive uh, and well. And partners, understand the advisor is the one that's leading your customer to the best possible experience. And we know that already because most travel partners want their business to go through travel advisors. They don't necessarily want you to book direct. Uh, They want you to use an advisor so you can have a full 360 experience from leaving your front door, uh, going to the airport all the way back home. So, but thank you partners for everything that you've done. Definitely. Yes. Always work with an advisor and the supplier partners out there should be doing all they can to promote that up and and using an advisor and educating the world more so than just those around the industry. Yes, I agree completely. Well, thank you, Jen. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you just got off a trip and everything. So thank you for joining the show and talking all things travel today. Anytime. Welcome me back, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was a great, great insight. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's also National Chocolate Milk Day. So I'm going to close up here, edit this show and uh, go get a nice frosted glass of chocolate milk. <laughs> I I'm love a, it. I'm a big chocolate milk fan. I'm still like seven, you know, so whatever. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. That wraps up this week's show. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email you can reach out and let me know your thoughts on anything we discussed today. TravelPulse.com is the website and you can follow me on social media at Eric Bowman underscore. Jen, you want to tell them where they can follow you and get a little information more about TPI if they're curious? Sure. If you're an advisor and you're looking for a, a home, a host agency that's super passionate about what you do and provide great services and support, uh, just visit us at travelplannersinternational.com. And for all of you on the gram, you can just follow me at Jen Lee Travels uh, underscore Jen Lee Travels. And um, I'm there. <laughs> thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate it. Take care, everybody. 